Welcome to the Hold My Ice Coffee podcast with Elena Sadi and Cindy Felkel. I am super excited about today's guest, Cherie Kreider. She works with Amira and she has this amazing position that I hope I will get right. She's the staff accountant and outreach survivor leader. That's a lot of stuff. (laughs) She, She does accounting and a lot of really cool stuff, so she'll tell you about that. Anyway, she's a survivor of being trafficked and she puts a really positive spin on how we can help other people in those kinds of situations. So welcome, Cherie. <laughs> I'm super excited about this interview. And oh, I wanted to ask you, I know this wasn't in your questions when we emailed back and forth when you talked about survivor porn. Is that something that you're comfortable like talking about? <laughs> Just to start us off with, in the direction of you're not going to share all the nitty gritty about what you went through because of what that does. Um, so do you want to talk about that for just a second? Sure, Cindy. I can talk about survivor porn. <laughs> Way to go deep fast. <laughs> Sorry. So survivor porn is a term that we use in the movement for that morbid fascination that people seem to have for the gory details of a trafficking survivor's experience. And, you know, a lot of times it gives them something to chat about over the dinner table later that night, in church on Sunday morning before service, at the ladies' luncheon, that kind of thing. And that is not the purpose for us sharing our stories. Um, Our narratives are, are best used to find solutions to the problem. And so I refuse to allow people to feast on my bones. And so I don't share my story that way. I share it with an educational spin and for the glorification of Jesus because I could not be here today had it not been for his intervention. And I love that. And I I think it's so important. It reminds me of a scene in the movie Hotel Rwanda when one of the guys is looking at everything that happened and he said, I'm so glad that you're reporting on this because it's going to change everything. And the reporter says, no, it's not. People are going to read this. They're going to feel bad, have an emotional release, and then go back to eating their supper. And I love that you are about, we are empowering people to know they can make a difference. It's not, you don't need an emotional release and feel bad and cry about it. You need to go out and make a difference. So anyway, I'm just so excited about that. And when you wrote that, I was like, yes, (laughs) this is what I love. So many times when people are talking about their stories of suffering or whatever they've been through, they they tend to think God wasn't there. Like, why did God abandon me or whatever? And then when you tell your story, you say that you see God all in your story. So I want you to, t- to just address that, how you see God at work, even in those dark times. Yeah, this is what I really like to do is talk about where he was before, during, and after. So most of us are probably familiar with the story of the starfish. Uh, for those that aren't, uh, it's the little girl on the, on the beach, and she's picking up starfish from the shore, and she's throwing them in the ocean. And she picks one up, and the next one, and the next, and she just keeps throwing them. And this old man walks up to her and tells her, honey, there's no way that you will ever save all the starfish on the beach. You're wasting your time. And she looks up at him and says, but I saved that one, and that made all the difference to it. And so that's been my experience is that it only takes 
one listening ear, one caring heart, or even one cup of coffee to impact another person's life. And every day, we get the choice to be that one or not. I love that so much. <laughs> I, I realized this with raising my kids in church, that they were always taught to do big things. And one of the things that we realized when we were sitting down one day was like, all those big things, like if you raise a million dollars, that's thousands of people doing little things. And we need to start valuing the little things. And I think that's what, where the power is and where the church, when we come back, we're going to, like when we get back to what we're supposed to be doing, that's the power is all of us valuing the people in our path. So yay. <laughs> also, I love how much the Bible talks about this kind of thing. And I know you see it all through the Bible. So I wanted you to share a few ways that you see the power of impacting people taught in the Bible. So before, during, and after my experience, I had exposure to the Bible and church. And I would hear encouraging things and discouraging things. And so since I've learned about human trafficking and I've begun my journey of recovery, you know, I, I hone in on those moments with in relationship with people where those scripture come they they become evident in the transaction the interactions with people and a lot of times we use them against each other and i i really wish that that we had a clear understanding of of how we're supposed to see one another you know like jesus did without judgment and so that one judge not lest ye be judged right if we had the assumption that the other person was innocent from the start rather than jumping to the conclusion that that they have malice in their heart it would put a different spin on all of our all of our issues um, another one that I really like is they'll know you by the love that you have for others. And people think a lot of times like, oh, I can't make a difference in human trafficking. It's too big. It's been going on forever. You know, it's bigger than me. I can't possibly do anything. What can I do just as an ordinary person? And I say, just love the ones that you sense are affected, whether it's a buyer, a pimp, or a prostituted person. Just love them. That's enough. God takes care of the rest. Let's see. Oh, our scripture for Amira is, no greater love hath a man than to lay down his life for another. That is our standard scripture at Amira, and it's what keeps me moving through my outreach in the prisons is that my bottom line for them is to know that somebody who's been where they are or have been is on the outside waiting for them mm. and that loves them and will not judge them and can help. That is so powerful. What happened in your life to convince you so strongly that one person can make a difference? I know you already touched on this a little bit, but but is there something that, that happened to convince you of this and to drive you through in your outreach? That's a great question. From the time that I exited the life of trafficking to the time when I learned about the term human trafficking 
as it applies to the United States. Like I thought it, I thought like everybody else did that it only happened in third world countries and so sorry for them, but it's not my problem, right? When I learned about it here, there was 37 years between the time that I escaped and that I heard that word and learned about it. And so I lived this life of guilt and shame and hiding. And I just kept trying to fix what was wrong with Sheree, right? Addiction, you know, mental health issues, relationship issues, you know, childhood trauma. I just kept focusing on all the things that I thought was wrong with Sheree. Why can't I be happy in this world? And I kept finding people that provided assistance along the way. But because I didn't have an accurate diagnosis of what was really wrong with me, I really couldn't make too much progress. Well, my journey finally led me back to the church in the same town where I originally went when I was 14 years old. And there I met a very special woman, a woman who was a pastor and had her own story of trauma and read between the lines of how I told my story to see trafficking. And without her doing anything, somebody contacted that church and said, would you like to hold a human trafficking prevention event for the youth in your church? And the senior pastor said yes. And so she and I, working in the office at the church, held that event. We did the marketing. We did the catering. We did the, I mean, I was front row center stage listening to this survivor tell her story. And I immediately dissociated. I completely shut down, but my spirit heard her message. And it was on, ironically enough, January 25th of 2015, that I learned for the first time ever that I was a victim of trafficking. And in that five years, it's just been five years now, I have made so much progress because God has brought me to Amira, who has given me a place to create a platform and educate myself, educate others, share what I've learned, carry the message, and recover. Like Amira is so incredibly supportive of what I need to be able to help others with this experience. Now you tell me God wasn't in that. Yeah, preach it, sister. <laughs> I love it. How can we encourage our listeners to value the difference that each of them individually can make? So I'm going to assume that we're all evolved enough to recognize that we all have special giftings. Our spiritual gifts are those things that we do without effort. Like God gave us all this amazing package to move in and out of each other's lives and touch one another in this very unique way. And so what I would like to encourage people is that if you don't know what your giftings are, figure it out. Take a spiritual gifts test online. Craig Groeschel has an amazing program called Kazone where you can learn all about your special, your spiritual gifts. And then take that out into the community. If human trafficking is something that you're interested in learning more about, hold an event. Hold a prevention and awareness event. Invite a speaker like a survivor to come and share her narrative. Compensate her like you would any other professional speaking at your event. And 
become active in the in the areas of your gifting. Like you can't save everyone. You can't solve the whole problem. But just like that single starfish, you can make a difference in somebody's life. And it's your through your giftings that God will guide you to where you should be active. So there's um, a document that I typically hand out to people who attend my speaking events, and it's called 100 Ways You Can Help End Human Trafficking. And there are seriously 100 different ways and in all sorts of different areas. And it's kind of amazing. You'll find yourself on that page. Your area will jump right off the page at you. And so check that out. Wow, that's, that's a way that we can get involved right now through Googling that. And that's, that's amazing because you're encouraging us to, but you're also telling us how. If our spirit is moving us and God in us, moving us to take action, even, even right after you listen to this podcast, it, it, we can implement one of those ways probably even today. You know, we talk about the still small, vo- small voice and a lot of us, well, I don't know that I can hear God's voice, but I, I've experienced, and this is possibly just my experience, but those things that stir my heart, that cause me to affect or create that gut-wrenching experience, sometimes I think that's how God talks to me. If you can relate to that, then be open to hearing and recognizing where he's leading you. Because I, I think that's some of the ways. And that's so beautiful. I always say that we're waiting for Mufasa voice to come out of the sky. <laughs> and I've never had that. And if I do, I'm going <laughs> to probably like be scared to death. But um, it, is, it is a quiet voice that is easy to shut out with all of our own um, drama and doubt and all of that. And we have to be still and listen for it. And I love, love what you're saying. So you've already touched on this, but let's say there's a person listening who really wants to take some action steps and they're in our Hold My Ice Coffee community. Can they contact your organization? How could they get in touch with someone maybe to come to their uh, group or their church or they have a women's group to mobilize and to really learn more? How, how is the best way? What's the best way to do that, that you would recommend if there's a person here that's saying, I really would love to have someone come to our church, come to our group. Um, I'd love to create an event. What can they do? What would be most helpful to you, to Amira for that? Thanks so much for asking that question, Elena. So uh, Amira is based in Massachusetts. And um, so if you're in the New England area, we have uh, one safe house in the North Shore area of Massachusetts, and we'll be opening our second one in the greater Hartford area of Connecticut. And so you can go on our website, which is amirainc.org, and you can uh, click on the volunteer button. And it will put you in touch with somebody who can find out what kind of volunteering do you want to do? Do you want to help me out here in the office? Do you want to work in the safe house? Do you want to just, I mean, one of the most crucial things we we need is people interested in just taking our our women 
to their appointments, like their doctor appointment, their therapy, their, their classes, their probation meetings, things like that. Like transportation is a huge need, right? And so you can be very in, involved or slightly involved. It's all dependent on what you want to do. Additionally, if you're not in New England, you can contact National Survivor Network. Uh, that's nsn.org, I believe, National Survivor Network. That's where you can uh, locate a survivor in your community to come to your event and speak on the topics that you would like to present on. If you're not sure what you'd like to speak on, she can be more than helpful to you in guiding that conversation. Even if you, trafficking is not something you're interested in, perhaps maybe a domestic violence shelter or a homeless shelter. Any place where vulnerable people are, they are susceptible to sexual exploitation. And so just being open to being willing to see them and hear them and have compassion and love for them, you can help. That's all part of the solution. Wow. I have a question. What, what would you say to someone listening that says, I have a story that maybe I've been running from for a number of years. Maybe I never even knew what was wrong uh, deep down. And I'm, I'm listening to Cherie and it's resonating with me. And they think, you know what? Healing is for somebody else. It's for Cherie. It's not, it's not for me. I'm going to have to keep living in this darkness. How would you encourage them to get help? Can they reach out to Amira or what, what would you say to them? Yeah, unfortunately I have that experience a lot. Women will come to me and say, thank you for sharing my story because I'll never get a chance to, or that happened to me too. And, um, you know, before we launched our outreach program in 2018, that would happen to me at speaking events. And that's not a safe place to have that very intimate personal conversation. But it is important to have that conversation. And so what I would say to women that feel like they've had this experience also is to find that one listening ear, that one caring heart, that trustworthy friend, that even if they don't understand what happened to you, even if they're confused and afraid, together support one another in learning that it wasn't your fault. Because what we've come to understand in this 40, 50 years that we've started educating about human trafficking is that 78% of trafficking situations happen because of psychological coercion. And without getting into a whole lot of detail about that, traffickers are con artists that cause women to believe that it was all their fault and that they chose that experience. And that is a lie. That is a lie. 75% of the time, they've been manipulated. And so if you've had this experience and you'd like to reach out to me, my email address is ckreider at amirainc.org. Email me. Let's start the conversation. But most effectively, it's going to be finding somebody in your community that understands or will support you without judgment. That's the most vital part. Be cautious about going into the church and saying things. Be yeah, cautious right. about revealing it to family members because right. it doesn't always work out well. Most, not most, but a lot of people are not educated about human trafficking and have a lot of misconceptions about what it is and what it isn't. 
And so don't open yourself up to that kind of vulnerability, but God will guide you. If it's time mm -hmm. for that story to come out, he will put the right people in front of you. I think one of the things that I've seen too, that I would love our listeners to know is if you are dealing with something like this, you are, you are not alone. Often we feel so isolated. And the surprising thing that I've experienced when I reveal that I'm working with this kind of ministry is how many people have wanted to meet with me privately and share their stories. The people are all around you. They really are. I, I've just been amazed at how many people have these stories. And that's why I'm so thankful for Amira. And so just last, I'm like chills all over here just getting to talk about it because it's so important for us to, to know we're not alone. And I want us to close with really thinking about taking all of this in and leaving with an idea of how important our piece of the solution is. So could you just take a second and talk about that for us, like for each one of us, how important it is for us to focus on and highly value our piece of the solution. So if we go back to our starfish, we imagine the starfish flying through the air and landing in the ocean and the ripples that his beautiful legs make. That ripple effect is the same effect that we can have by listening to those stirrings of our heart, by attending an event or holding an event, by learning about it, by caring enough to see that woman on the side of the street who looks like she could use a nice hot cup of coffee and a caring heart or a listening ear. When we do that one-on-one, -on -one, it changes both people. Like you can't step into another person's world with love and not be affected. I believe that our God is a BOGO God. He's a buy one, get one, soul free. And he does this when your heart allows you to see that hurting person and walk alongside them for however long, both hearts are changed. Both lives are affected. And so we can have that ripple effect almost from the outside in. When we dare to see somebody else's pain and hold it in our, our hands, in our hearts, it changes us. And then we go back into our families, and if you're very careful, you can see evidence of the change happen within your own family unit, within your own circle of influence. You'll start to see innocence in another person where you may have been apt to think that there was malice in their intentions but it will soften it will soften our edges it will open our minds it will help us to see each other more clearly and it feels like it happens from the outside in our stuff at home is very close to us it's very personal and so it's hard to have perspective but it's like god gives us wide angle lenses to see the hurt in our communities 
and then helps us to bring it back home and share it with each other and let it change ourselves. That's so beautiful. I wanted to just end up with asking you if there's anything else that you feel like you really need to share or anything else that our listeners need to know that we haven't covered. Yeah, there is something. Uh, Did you know that in this country, there are like 2,000 animal shelters? And yet, here in New England, there are under 50 beds for survivors of sex trafficking. Housing for recovery and emergency housing, while those survivors connect with long-term residential aftercare, is the most immediate need we have. Now, a lot of people listening may think, oh, well, I, I I have a building. We can open a house. We, we can do this. Please don't. And I'll tell you why. The most harmful thing that ever could happen in the life of a survivor is to find hope and have that hope taken away because the model that they signed on for was non-sustainable. So rather than reinvent the wheel and figure out how to help these women and how to pay for it, I mean, it's an expensive venture. Rather than reinvent the wheel, support organizations like Amira that, are, that have figured it out and are doing it. Help us duplicate successful models. And so your support in so many different ways can be, can be given to Amira or whatever programs are in your area. All you have to do is Google, you know, recovery for sex trafficking survivors in whatever state you're in. And the organizations will show up. But Amira would love to have your support. And we do this really cool thing where we release um, weekly updates from the survivors in our program about the progress that they're making. We have monthly newsletters. You know, we do our annual report. There's a lot of ways that you can learn about how your support is affecting the life of a woman. And you will get to know her through her initials, you know, or through her comments on posts or even my blogs and my comments and my videos and stuff that I produce. You can connect with a human being and see how your love helps to transform their lives. And that's what I would encourage you to do. Wow. Thank you so much. I think it's just so inspirational for us all to see how empowering it is when we value our piece of the solution. Thank you both to you and and Elena for having me today. And, um, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that Jesus hung out with prostituted women and tax collectors. You know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't hanging out with, you know, politicians. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly... Clearly, Jesus knew that there was that there was a special kind of need here, and um, I think that's why I think that's why people who follow Jesus have a heart for trafficking survivors because it's just so close to the path that he walked. And I know for myself, I really enjoy working with these women in the correctional facilities, and we have a lot of fun recovering. Thank you. And thank you for your work. Thank you for your compassion and showing us how to have eyes to see. It's transformative and your work is so important. And we urge all our listeners to get involved. 
Thanks for listening, guys. We have a ton of helpful information for you on our show notes, so please take a minute and check that out. And until next time, be real, value yourself and your story. We'll hold your iced coffee.